0: with me and you'll see all the junk we stash behind the curtain there is no word i know in this world that rhymes with curtain i'm fairly certain Hello everybody welcome to another exciting interview i have the great privilege and the pleasure to interview a really good friend of the show. Uh his name is, is Dr. Brian Lane. Did I get that right?
1: <laughs> you did get that okay. right. I'm <laughs> so... waving at my microphone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So uh, yeah, very excited to have you here. I've uh, been looking forward to this for a couple weeks now. We've we had it planned and scheduled in and, and I have just kind of been counting down the days to get to do this. So uh, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I'm really glad to have you here. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, I wanted to start off the interview with some nice icebreaker slash lightning round questions. I used to do these at the end, and then I realized it kind of defeats the purpose of having icebreaker questions at the end of the interview, so I'm yeah. switching it to the beginning. <laughs> so uh, I have for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm learning. I'm learning as I'm going. I'm improving my craft. So... <laughs> Uh, So, my first question for you is, who would you get to play you in a movie about your life?
1: Okay, so, some number of years ago, there was that challenge on Facebook to replace your profile picture with a celebrity who looks like you. Okay. And I think I settled on Adam Savage. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I can I actually see it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, which Spencer and I have met, so he knows very well what I look like. Um, I was I originally put down um, Frederick Lane, who played the U.S. Marshal on the first season of Lost who looks like he could be a member of my family and we technically share a last name although I think he spells it differently but then like I got this wall of comments saying that I needed to pick Adam Savage and oh, so yeah. I picked Adam Savage and everybody was happy so yeah. <laughs> I could see both I could see both it's been it's been a while
0: since I've uh, yeah. I've seen Lost and but I do remember that yeah. character I could definitely see both of them uh <laughs> yeah okay uh next question I need you to imagine this scenario with me real quick. So you're I, I have trouble uh, with imagination. I'm <laughs>
1: sorry.
0: It's not it's not too much. It's not too much, so don't worry. Uh so post-apocalyptic zombie world. You and your group are trapped in this room. There's a way out, but the horde of zombies is coming through the the door into the room, and someone's gotta sacrifice themselves by holding the door closed so the rest of the group can escape. My question for you is, would you be the
1: sacrifice that holds the door or not? (laughs) Okay, I'm I'm gonna bring out my, I'm gonna bring out my physicist side here. What level of certainty am I supposed to assign my
0: answer? You're going to die. Whoever holds the door is 100% dead.
1: No, no, no. Sorry, sorry. Oh. No, 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 no. No, no. What I mean is like like I can imagine 100 <laughs> scenarios. Yeah. <laughs> and just based on the people in the room and the likelihood of them getting out and you know, various factors about how this apocalypse is conducted. <laughs> okay. I can say with probably about 90% certainty that I would do this. Okay. But I could conceive of a scenario where well we're all going to die anyway or um but I'm the one whose blood contains the cure to the okay. zombie plague. You know, I mean I mean there's there's a lot of there's a lot of dramatic unknowns there that I think yeah. push that away from a hundred percent yes. There's a there's a lot of it, narrative uh, black holes, yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I would I would give it I would give it about a ninety percent
0: yes. A ninety percent yes. I think that's really good. I think yes. that's really good. I I imagine there are some people out there that are like, like ten percent yes. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I, I also also I think it d- depends on who's in the room with you. Cause maybe you hate the people you're with. Maybe it's your coworkers or something. I shouldn't say that because I don't know. Maybe you love your coworkers. I like my. <laughs>
1: I, I do like my coworkers.
0: <laughs> I, I I should be careful because I have coworkers that listen to this. And if you're a coworker listening to
1: this, I love you. Thanks yeah. for listening to my show. But- <laughs> <laughs> well but, but, but I think it also depends like like am I holding the door closed so that they can get to the secret passage that leads to the hundred percent safe shelter? Yes. Where they can spend the rest of their lives? Yeah. Absolutely I would do it. Yeah, there's like a military shelter. It,
0: I, it's the or, it's the last it's, stand it's, it's, of the movie. Okay. And okay. then it's like that final that final climactic scene where somebody's gotta sacrifice themselves okay. so the
1: rest of the group can get to safety. Okay. It's it's the yeah. end of a certain Post apocalyptic movie that actually has two endings. Uh, and either way, the main character, who shall remain nameless to avoid any spoilers, has to go and face the zombie horde to protect the people he's protecting. Yes.
0: Exactly. Yes. Exactly. No, okay, yes. There, yeah, because there's never been a movie made, made like it. I thought of that question all on my own. So. Yes. <laughs> very, very good answer. Very good answer. Uh, here's an easy one. Well, no, this one's probably really difficult. Uh, what is your lightsaber color? Oh, goodness.
1: <laughs> well, since apparently you can have whatever color, whatever color you want, because Samuel L. Jackson picked purple. Yeah. Like, he just said, can I have a purple lightsaber? And they said yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to go with orange. I'm okay. just going to go with orange. Okay.
0: That is a real right. color, and I know each color has a meaning behind it. I couldn't tell you what they meant, but... <laughs> no. <laughs> Except for, like, I mean, was, green, blue, was... and red. Those are the
1: three I know. But Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean there was a time when red clearly meant the bad guy and blue or green meant the 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 padawan and the master and it was significant which one you picked up in the yeah. fight something something and then you know, I Well, there's yeah. been
0: there's been 9 movies and a TV show, so no. and several video no. games. Well, okay. Well, no. <laughs> Yeah, if if you if you if you if, if you're a purist and you like the three, then there's only there's only three, and there will only ever be three. So,
1: <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Star Wars is taking taking up a lot less space in my brain of late. <laughs> that's that's all I'll say about that.
0: That's a really that's a really good response to any Star Wars question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my last uh my last uh lightning round question for you is a would you rather? Uh would you rather eat an entire jar of peanut butter or a six pack of tapioca pudding in one sitting?
1: Oh that's gonna be the peanut butter, hands down. Ha- hands down on the peanut butter. Okay. Hands, hands down the peanut butter. Okay, can I can I can I can I turn that question around to another lightning round question? So yeah, <laughs> uh, on our first date on our first date, my wife posed this question to me: peanut butter or cheese? Okay. And that's that's the only extent of the question: peanut butter or cheese? Well cheese? Well, so what I said, and I think okay. this is what convinced her to marry me, okay. is I said, "Was well, is this is this the only thing I can eat for the rest of my life?" She goes, "Peanut butter or cheese." And I said, "Okay, which one did you pick when you were asked this question?" She said, "Why?" I said, "Because I'll pick, because I'll pick the other one, and then I'll share with you. Oh. And then we can both have both." There we go. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> that's how you do it for all the single people listening. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, uh, thank you for that. Uh, those are always so much fun for me. I love doing those. That um, fun. but I wanted to, uh, I wanted to start the interview, uh, by letting you introduce yourself, just kind of let the, uh, people listening get to know you a little bit better. Um, and so, uh, and so I know what you do for a living, but I, I always, I always find it really interesting. So what do you do for a living? <clears throat>
1: Uh, so I am a physics educator. Uh, I teach at the university level. Um, I, I am avoiding the word professor because that is technically not in my job title. And some people can get touchy. If you say you're a professor and you have not ascended to that (laughs) rank yet, but basically I have two halves to my job. I teach physics. Um, I've taught basically every physics course, uh, in the in the core curriculum, not every like subspecialty. Like I have not taught a string theory course. I would Mm -hmm. not be qualified to teach that, but like (laughs) anything that would be at the core of the physics program, I've taught nearly everything there. Um, uh, So I I do that. And then the other half of my work is uh, conducting what's called physics education research, which is where we try to study how people learn physics, because it turns out if you base your teaching on how people learn, it's actually a lot more effective. Uh, I know, it's, it's this grand revelation that only took humans how many untold centuries to figure out, um, but the reason I bring that up in this podcast is because, I, I know we're gonna get to talking about Pathfinder in a little bit, but uh, in, the, in the revamp of Pathfinder second edition, the folks at Paizo actually went to educators about how they presented the game material and organized it and and, and formatted it and and presented it and everything. So there's there's a smidge of, a a pinch, of fit, uh, of education research there in the Pathfinder game design, which I thought was really neat, very cool. Uh, that they that they went to that community.
0: Very cool. I did not know that. So uh, it's always nice to learn a little uh, Pathfinder history. Yeah. I do have something in common with you when it comes to your career. I too have never taught a string theory course. <laughs> oh my God! So... <laughs> there's, uh... there's so few of us out there. It's good I know. That we stick together. <laughs> So, uh, um, so uh, uh, now on the topic of uh, of Pathfinder, I wanted to ask you um, uh, why why do you love tabletop RPGs? Um, and and uh, and and uh, your answer with with uh, second edition is really great in that. In that they went to the the educators, so I think that's really, yeah, I think that's a really great reason to to love second edition in particular. But in a broad spectrum, uh, what about tabletop RPGs do you love?
1: So, gosh, there are so many angles I can answer that from. Um, <laughs> as a as a GM adventure writer person, I oh. like the fact that I can come up with basically. 30% of a story, and then I can just pass it on to the players to finish. Yeah. Uh, like anytime I've tried to write <laughs> anytime I've tried to write fiction, I cannot write the ending. Like I get about 90% done and I'm like, I gosh, I know how this needs to end, but any mm-hmm. ending I write is not gonna feel right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, whereas I, at the table, I just say, okay, you walk into this, you know, into this cave, and there's a Lich on the other side who is performing this ritual and uh, is about to sacrifice the, the Dryad's daughter or something, mm-hmm. roll for initiative and tell me what you do. And I, I don't have to have any idea about how the thing is going to end or even yeah. what the Lich's final words are going to be, because the players come up with better stuff than I could oh, know, yeah. to begin with. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, yeah. I enjoy the fact that, I mean, that you can do, especially as a, especially as GM, but also as a player, you can literally do anything that you want. Yeah. Like the, the the rules are there. I like to think of it as what we call a basis set, for mm-hmm. what you want to do. So in math, a basis is uh, the individual independent elements you need to build anything you want. So if you are trying to build a, um, if you're trying to build a vector in three dimensions you need how long is it in the X direction? How long is it in the Y direction? How long is it in the Z direction? So your basis is X, Y, and Z. And you don't need anything more uh, because that's what we call complete, right? Mm -hmm. Anything you want is described with those three numbers. And when I look at a character sheet and I see those skills, those skills are a basis for anything that the player wants to do. And so the player can come up with any uh, ridiculous scheme that is far-fetched and could never possibly work. And I can look at the skills and say, well, this sounds like a, an acrobatics check, you know? And mm-hmm. I can look and I can try to figure out a DC and I can say, okay, if you succeed, you'll do this. If you fail, this will happen, et cetera. And within like, you know, a minute, we can come to a resolution on whether the PC succeeds at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we don't have to like, like we don't have to argue over You know what's reasonable or what um you know you know i i even you know i can even put my laws of physics aside for a second and say okay if you roll high enough you're gonna figure out a way to do it yeah and i'll let you describe how you do it because it's a world
0: of magic is is
1: really what it boils down to yeah 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 Yeah. and so i just i like the fact that it's so open-ended like like playing tabletop rpgs has ruined uh uh, electronic rpgs for me because it's like well i guess i'll mash the a button. Until I get through. Yeah. You know, like, and you
0: know. half of half of the electronic RPGs are just you walking mm-hmm. from A to B. <laughs> if,
1: yeah. Exactly. If there's no fast travel then. Oh yeah. There's like or two. They... Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: true, yeah. it's like I I, I don't
1: want to say any of this. Yeah. I just want to walk away.
0: Yeah. I don't really like this character. I don't know why I'm talking to him right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, that's a really great answer. I do have to agree with you that the, the players are constantly amazing me with what they come up with, especially on the show. Um, every time I, mm-hmm. I prep an encounter or there's some new situation that I've never seen before, they always come up with some brilliant thing that I, I would never have been able to think of. And mm-hmm. and then it's it's four parts that come together and make this really cohesive team yeah. to solve the problem. So yeah, just kind of that open endedness is is what is is appealing to me as well. I think. Um, how long have you yeah, been playing? I get, uh, I special-
1: sorry, how long have you been playing games? Uh, so let's see. I'm gonna have to do the math on this. Okay. <laughs> this was the. 20- this is 20, this was 2015 uh-huh. was when I first sat down at my first Pathfinder table. So relatively late in life compared to, I hear these stories of people who are like seven years old and yeah. in their <laughs> basement. I mean, we didn't have a basement in Florida, so, <laughs> yeah. you know, you hear, you hear the people that um, they've
0: been playing the, the first edition, Gary Gygax, uh, D D. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so I guess six years, my first experience was at Jordan con, okay. um, um, the, the the specialized con for Wheel of Time fans uh, in honor of our beloved departed Robert Jordan. Um, and I, th- this was after I had been through something of a traumatic life event and I was just looking to go out and have fun. And so I signed up to go to Jordan con and I said, I am going to try new things at this con. First of all, I'm going to a con. I've never done this before. (laughs) Second of all, I'm going to dress in costumes. So I, I sewed myself a gleeman's cloak (laughs) <laughs> and it was the worst costume at the con but i was the only gleeman and i was happy and i wore my cloak everywhere and everybody was getting pictures with me because they wanted a picture which with the one which is gleamin'.
0: such an incredible feeling which is yes, such, such an incredible feeling. feeling yeah and
1: so i was like i'm gonna say yes to anything anybody wants me to do and somebody posted a notice on the on the social facebook thing that said um uh You know, we're running a playtest of a third-party Pathfinder adventure, if anybody wants to join. And I was like, sign me up. I'm going to say yes to this. And I sit (laughs) down, again, in my Gleeman's cloak, and this guy, I wish I could remember his name or or the company's name, because he ran us through this scenario. It took us probably three, four hours into the wee hours of the night. I don't know. And I didn't know one dice from another. The guy next (laughs) to me had to keep telling me which one was the D20. And no, you don't roll for your AC. And, uh, you know, all this stuff. But I just remember looking at the character sheet and thinking, wow, I can do anything on this character sheet. And... And I, I I was playing a level five human fighter, mm-hmm. right? Like the most boring character that you can put together. But I remember I I dealt the final blow to the Odiug. I negotiated a truce with the goblin tribe to allow us to pass through their territory to get to the back door to the witch's chamber. And I distracted, actually it was a ghost witch, and I distracted the ghost witch just long enough for my teammates to pour salt on her. I'm still not sure what the salt was for, but we ended up winning. And I was like, oh my gosh, I did so! I feel like I accomplished something in this make-believe land. And I just sort of made a mental note. Okay, this is Pathfinder. Okay, I'm gonna remember that. I'm gonna find that. And then it was a month later that they had their, they had this big humble bundle sale where they were giving away like all this ridiculous one-e content Mm -hmm. for like 20 bucks. And my brother and I were interested in playing. I had two other friends who were interested in playing. He had a friend who was interested in playing. And so we had a group. Like, we just magically had a group at the right time. And we just went from there.
0: That's really awesome. I really enjoy hearing people's first experiences. I think, uh, and and, and it's so funny because they really stick with people. And then, like, even, even for me, I don't, like, the first experience I ever had, I don't remember everything about it, but I remember the feeling that I had while I was playing it. I remember the people yeah. I was with, and then and then I tweeted about it. I said, rainy days, I always associate rainy days with gaming because that was my first experience was on a rainy day. Mm. We couldn't go outside, and so my brother and a couple friends got together, and and played I think it was d and I don't remember but uh I don't even remember which edition it was but yeah it's always it's always fun to hear the feelings that people had when they first discovered it as well
1: I have that same association with the smell of our church gymnasium because <laughs> yeah. that was where my group first played for like 2 or 3 years Really okay um, was, was 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 in the game room in this gymnasium yeah. and and it has a very distinct a scent to it yeah. i don't want to call it smell or an odor it's not bad it's just you know very unique gym children's classroom smell yeah and anytime i walk in i go ah oh, that's the smell of pathfinder <laughs> i love that
0: i love that you go to church and you're thinking about pathfinder there's i don't think there's anything yes. better so
1: <laughs> nope
0: <laughs> well, thank you, thank you for that. I, I, like I said, I love, I love hearing those stories. I think they're, I think they're some of the the greatest, especially when when people have a really good first experience. They usually end up being long term mm-hmm. players, um, from what I've I've noticed. Yeah. Um, but uh, so so I wanted to uh, talk about the things that, that you've worked on because uh, you said that that you're a writer, you're an adventure writer, uh, and then you also wrote a, a novel. Which, uh, for those fans of the show, would remember we actually received. He sent it to us for Christmas, and uh, and then I made a New Year's resolution to read it, and like most New Year's resolutions, uh, didn't happen. Yeah. I'm about halfway through it, <laughs> but so far, I I really I... enjoy it. The characters are so so fun to me, and the story is 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 very original uh, to me. It just it's just a lot of fun. The characters uh the personalities of the characters uh they they come across um because uh it's it's your game uh as well so Mm -hmm. so yeah uh so let me let me turn it over to you i don't want to i don't want to steal a spotlight away from you so i want i want you to tell people about the the novel that you wrote and that you sent to us yeah so
1: thank you for that, uh, yeah. offer. Uh, so this is titled pathways of the receivers. It's available on Amazon, uh, print and Kindle. Um, okay. and I wrote this as a surprise Christmas gift for my players. Uh, we were playing in this campaign. Well, like this is this first group. So this was the, the, from the first time I ever GMed, um, we were originally and i this is where i'm going to publicly apologize to my friends for hogging the the gm side of the table uh we were originally going to like trade off you know every few weeks and i was like oh yeah i've got an idea for an adventure it'll be like three maybe four sessions tops (laughs) okay and it was it was once a month for three years So no, not three or four sessions top. I didn't know how to pace these things. Like yeah. I was I was I was five episodes into Glass Cannon at this point. I didn't know how slowly these things go yeah. and crawl along. Yeah. Because I was like, oh yeah, first they'll go here and then they'll go here and then they go here. And it's like, oh, that encounter took us all night. Yeah. Uh, okay, maybe it's gonna take a little bit longer. And I, I had a general idea of an ending. I, I didn't know like exactly how to get them there, but I knew what I wanted to have happen at the end. I didn't even know what level we were gonna end at. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ended up going we ended up going from level two to level ten. Wow. I think we finished at ten. Yeah. Very cool. Which is which is a which is a feat in yeah. first edition. And, and we'll talk about second edition a little bit later, but in second edition, the level progression's a little bit steadier. Mm-hmm. Um in, in first edition it like I, I'll be. I can't even keep track of where of what level all my podcasts are at, um, <laughs> unless they explicitly mention it. I just yeah. don't know. Um,
0: and I don't think we ever, ever. I don't think we. I don't think we ever say it on the show, except when we no. level up. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but anyway, um, so this was originally me and four players, right? The way it's quote unquote supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Well yeah. then i i got married and my wife wanted to join in so she started playing um uh n- another player got married his wife wanted to join in so she started playing then another friend joined oh, in the next thing I know I have eight people at the table oh my gosh which is a lot <laughs> it's like it, a it's, lot. It, it it it's hmm. it's a lot for the GM but it's also it's it's hard on the players yeah. Because that means you get to do something about once an hour yeah mm-hmm like, like by the time people get around, like it, it'll be an hour before your character gets another turn or you get yeah. to do something cool. And then you roll a one and it's like, well, I'm glad I showed up tonight. Yeah. <laughs> At least there's snacks. Um, but anyway, this 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 was a homebrew campaign. I didn't even know that APs were a thing. Mm-hmm. Like like we like we did not even know that Galarian was a thing. I just thought, okay, this is this cool rule system. Yeah. And, you know, we get about a year into it. I'm like, oh, everybody's playing in this Galarian thing. I should probably find out what that is. <laughs> oh, holy crap, there's a lot here. You know. Yeah. Um so anyway, so we kind of we 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 kind of brought in Galarian elements wherever it seemed appropriate. Like if somebody wanted to play, like when uh, when somebody wanted to play cleric, uh, we said, okay, you're gonna be a cleric of quote unquote Gazre, which you mm-hmm. might notice Gazre is not in the book because I'm not exactly allowed to do that. So we, you know, you file <laughs> serial numbers off it's like, yeah. oh, you serve a nature god who yeah. <laughs> likes water, <laughs> you know. Um, but anyway, so about probably about a year into it my we, we were level four by this point mm-hmm. um and i remember because it was shortly after my wife joined and she joined in uh she played gym jam uh if you're reading along at home um and so she this this was when she started suggesting it she said you know you should write a book about this adventure and i thought she meant you should write it as an ap and publish like your adventure notes and i was like I don't know if I can do that. I mean, it's so adapted. And she goes, no, no, no. I mean, you should write a novel about the adventure. And I was like, there is no way anybody is ever going to read this. That's that's a ridiculous idea. I don't have time to. I wouldn't even know where to start. Yeah. And she came over to me the next day and at my computer. She says, "What are you doing? I'm writing that novel you told me to write." <laughs> she was right. So she had a big. She right. was right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, do do not say no to your spouse or partner. <laughs> Immediately, because you might discover the next day that they were right. Yeah, and so that that first bit, I had a lot of catching up to do because I had a couple of levels mm-hmm. worth of adventure to catch up on, and it was a lot of exposition. But it also gave me an opportunity to change the way that they met because it it was it kind of was like, okay, you're all here, you're all strangers to this land, you walk into this tavern, go, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. so it was like, okay, let me let me reverse engineer this and show them. Meeting and who already knows who yeah, why did they come here, etc. So it it represented all of the backstories that they created Just you know, the the details were were slightly different, Uh, but basically once that first Encounter starts at the Huntsman's fort. That's 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 turn for turn what they did Which is really cool and you can
0: see the elements of combat come through Mm -hmm. While you're reading it, yeah, and and you can you can and, imagine and... that player saying, "Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll this," but the way you write it, yes. it flows really nice. But at the same time, it still has that that yeah. Pathfinder flavor of being at the table and rolling dice, yeah, which I really enjoyed. And and the then challenge... I wanted to I wanted to uh, yeah. uh, talk to you about how they met too. I, I I loved it. I thought it was it was perfect pacing. How how. Yeah, uh, they they slowly started coming together, and and uh, mm-hmm. and and from what I remember, it wasn't really it wasn't immediate either. Um, yeah. they uh, there was some misgivings between characters, um, mm-hmm. which 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 you know, classic storytelling. There's there's growth yeah. that can happen later. So I just I thought it was really really well yeah. done. Um, and then of oh, course cool. I laughed, uh, when they met in the tavern. <laughs> yes because yeah kind of by <laughs> yeah <laughs> which
1: is great which is which always i a go-to, did not know so. <laughs> again again i started this six years ago yep. i did not know that that was this trope that people make fun yep. of i probably <laughs> would have done it differently but you know it's like okay it is what it is yeah so, no. anyway, <laughs> it my... worked it so worked anyway. though that's the thing it worked really well so <laughs> So eventually, eventually I did catch up with a campaign Mm -hmm. and basically what we would do, we would play a session, get done 1130 at night, everybody would go home and I would just go and and my wife learned that this is my routine. I would just go to my laptop and dump everything that happened in about half an hour of of just dumping notes because it's like, okay, I have to get this down before I forget because I have to write this. And I can't go asking them too many questions or they'll wonder what I'm trying to do. You yeah. Know? And so basically what I did was for my session prep, I would write the, usually each session would yield two or three chapters. Okay. And so I would sit down for the next month and just write that couple of chapters that came from that previous session. And that was a great way to actually prep for the next session because I would sit there and say, huh, I don't know what, uh, I don't know what Jay was thinking when he was doing this. I need to ask Kyle what Jay was thinking so that I can flesh this out and then maybe draw it out in next session. Mm-hmm. And so I would, you know, ask them, you know, just kind of slyly, you know, oh, what, what was so and so think when he was doing this? So what was, or, or you know, how did so and so react to this other character doing this? And they would, you know, they just thought it was, you know, GM helping them play their character, and I'm yes. secretly taking notes, like, oh, I'm going to take this down word for word. Um, <laughs> You got a tape, so, you got a, you got a recorder taped yeah. underneath the table. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I did do that <laughs> for the last fight, which I okay. guess you're not up to if you're only halfway through. Yeah. I stuck, <laughs> I stuck my phone up onto the top of our game cabinet and just hooked it up to a power supply and pressed record. Cause I was like, I cannot miss a beat in this last battle. This is so climactic. Yeah. Everything has come to this yeah. as, as you will discover, mm-hmm. um, and I'm glad I did, because I, I did have to go back and was like, now when did so and so do this and whose turn was it when this happened? Like yeah. like, like like you've seen, you can kind of the the, the book almost has a turn by turn field It does, it. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, so we finished that campaign in July of 20 I whenever it was I sent I sent you the book, it was that year basically. Okay. We, we, I guess 20, 2018, 20, no, no, 2019? it was 20, it was 2019 because we, because second edition came out the next month. Okay. And yeah. And that was one of my reasons for wrapping up the campaign was, okay, we're going to wrap up the campaign in July. We'll have an epilogue session in August. Then we're going to get the 2 E core rulebook and we're going to start Age of Ashes. Okay. um Yeah. And so it was, it was a really nice transition there. And it, I, I think everybody really felt satisfied with it. So we wrapped up in July. And then I just went into full-time writing mode, like 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 I I like I was devoting evenings to it. Uh, if I had half an hour between classes at work and I wasn't getting anything else done, I just opened it up and pounded away at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in August we had an epilogue session, and basically everybody got to describe what their character did during the epilogue and obviously they're taking down furious notes because i basically put in word for word into the epilogue of the book what their characters did after the last battle and um and of course they still don't know any of this and so basically from september through november i was revising and editing um basically non-stop so we had we had we had both our kids at this point Uh, And so I'm rocking them both to sleep, just reading over this thing on my phone, looking (laughs) for typos. and, And there's all kinds of stuff you have to look for, like, oh, I changed the name of this deity. Did I change it consistently? How was this name spelled? Uh, oh, so-and-so is angry at such-and-such, I need to resolve that, you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I'm still not sure I caught everything. I'm terrified to read the book because I know I'll find (laughs) more more inconsistencies. (laughs) But basically, November, I I sent it off to Kindle Direct Publishing, uh, where you can self-publish through Amazon. I ordered my copies of it. And basically, I ordered enough for my group for several of my favorite uh, actual play podcast who I'm, I'm happy to say it's been mentioned on three different podcasts. How, how cool. So if you, <laughs> how if cool. people, if, if listeners want to go hunt for those mentions, it's kind of a neat little <laughs> trivia thing to follow Brian <laughs> through these different podcasts. Um, <laughs> And 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 that was my way of saying you know I'm not recording a podcast I appreciate what y'all are doing yeah I would like to share my story with you to say thank you well and so
0: I have to say it was probably one of the one of the best Christmas presents I've ever gotten because yeah. because it, it was it was it was just so uh, it was just such a nice surprise because I knew you were writing it and I was because uh, we we yeah. we met we met up before. Uh, we had before you published it. It. it, you yeah. told me about it, and Ooh. so and so I was going to go look for it anyway, and then and then I get the package in the mail, and I open it up, and I'm running through the house, I'm showing everybody, I'm like, look, look, look what we got <laughs> in the mail, you guys. So because because I also think it was it's it's probably like uh, one of crazy. our only pieces of fan mail, and so it meant it meant so yeah, much more yeah. to all of mail. us as well because <laughs> we got this, this piece of, of physical fan mail that uh yeah just it really meant meant a lot to us, so. So I I had a really good reaction when I got it for, for Christmas because I got it around Christmas time. But I wanted yeah. to ask you, how did your players react when you gave it to them?
1: Okay. So, yeah. So so I got it in, you know, first week of December. And yeah. I had to sit on it for like three weeks. And we okay. scheduled our Christmas party. We said, we're not going <laughs> to okay. play any Pathfinder. We're just going to – we're not going to – and and Laura and I have gifts for you. You do not need to bring anything. Okay. And they're like, are you sure I, I want to bring you a present? I'm like, no, nope, you don't because because in my head I'm thinking, you're gonna bring a like you're gonna bring like a a, a twenty dollar gift from Walmart or something, and you're gonna get this book and be like, oh, I, I spent twenty dollars <laughs> at Walmart. So yeah. I'm like, no nope, you just come, bring food, and we and we have present. We have a gift for each of you. Yeah. And so I, I, I passed pass around and I'm like nervous as I'll get out yeah. at this point. I'm like, oh man, it's here! Oh man, it's here! And so what I did was I um, I bookmarked a passage I wanted each of them to read about mm-hmm. their character, and I had a soundtrack for this. Okay. And so <laughs> I, I I passed the, I passed out these books, mm-hmm. these, these 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 rectangular prism packages. Like, <laughs> yep. oh, what is this? They're like, oh, is this a book? Oh, he got me a book. And and a couple of my players who shall remain nameless, are like, oh, I don't really read. I don't know if I, you know, Brian, you know I don't read that much. Everybody opens at the same time, and they basically looked at the cover, and some, and the cover is not that flashy. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. it's literally just a title and edited by Brian Lane, Mm -hmm. because I I did not write it. They wrote it. Yeah. I I claimed editorship of it. (laughs) And they opened it, and, and I think it was my brother was the first one to say, is this us? And he starts flipping <laughs> through it, and he sees his character in there. He's like, "Oh my gosh, this is us!" Aww. And there was this like collective, "Oh my goodness, what did you do?" Moment. Yeah. And so then I said, "Okay, each of these has a bookmark of what I want you to read," and I just started the playlist of. You know and there was going to be a different track for each person who read it and it, they basically went through the story chronologically like getting their character's greatest hits uh-huh and then i i actually read the last because i had a i had a sort of gm pc who sometimes helped them you know, sometimes it came in and out. He's, he's the bard in the story. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> so the bard gets the last word in the epilogue. Okay. Spoiler alert, I guess I yeah, should no. say. That's okay, um, that's and okay. So <laughs> I, and so I read his part at the end okay i'll I'll let you read what that is it's actually kind of sweet etc because it's it's a little bit leaning on the fourth wall okay Um, (laughs) and so everybody everybody like has all these warm fuzzy feelings etc um and and some of them just sat there starting to read it and got a couple chapters in wow um that's but awesome yeah so that yeah so they they yeah. reacted very warmly to it i have some extra copies around the house for like if somebody comes over and wants to bruise it or something uh, <laughs> you, is it, it, it would be really great
0: it really be it'd be awesome on the coffee table <laughs> what of your coffee yes. table books yes. so <laughs> we, we read it
1: to our kids some nights to help them fall asleep oh that's um, awesome that's so awesome <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> you start them young you tell, you, you tell them bedtime you stories game, yes. about the game, and then yes. they go, man,
1: I want to be in I'm those just...
0: bedtime stories. Can I play the game yes. with you? You know,
1: <laughs> you know, and I, they, my, our kids are three and four, so they're not quite old enough to play yet. But I just today uh, bought the Extinction Curse AP because it's part of this amazing Humble Bundle, another Humble Bundle that Paizo put together yes. with like $35, and you get all this stuff, and it includes all six volumes of Extinction Curse, which are usually 15 bucks each. Yes. And so I was like, well, my wife and I agreed we're going to do Extinction Curse for the kids because they would love a Circus Dinosaur AP. And so let me just go ahead and get these. And so I'm starting to like tell them stories about the circus of wayward wonders oh, how and cool. these, these <laughs> heroes who are involved there. And so that it's like, they will get to play it someday in a couple of years.
0: Oh, that is, that's just awesome. That's just really awesome. <laughs> Did you, okay, I have to ask, I have to ask, cause this is just how yeah. my family and I, we rate, we, we really should do this, but we rate Christmas presents based on whether or not someone cried <laughs> when they received it.
1: Did anyone in your group cry uh, when they got okay. the book? I don't recall any physical tears. Okay, <laughs> I there there was there was the exclamation of the oh you yeah know, the, the the sounds that usually accompany yeah. crying. I think, um, yeah. No, well, I I do not think there were any there were any crying. But I would rate it highly. No,
0: I would rate it. I would rate it very I highly. I don't know why my family does that. Yeah. But but we we also we also try to quote unquote win Christmas for a particular person oh, yeah. and it's changes every year. And it's just this joke that we have and, and we go we go I'm going to make you cry this year. You're going to love my president. It's going to make you cry and if you cry I win Christmas. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, oh,
1: why, that's why that's why I have to ask. That's wonderful.
0: Just cuz it's so it's so big in our family. It's so ha-
1: <laughs> It sounds like one of those things where somebody cried once on Christmas, and then it became a joke the next year, and it just snowballed. Oh, I'm sh- well. Actually, yes, hard. because it was probably our
0: dad that started crying first. It was probably the first time anybody ever cried on Christmas that we can remember, and then from there, it just it escalates and it gets bigger and bigger every year. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thank, thank you. I I, I yeah. I uh, I definitely do want to finish it. I should make it this year's new New Year's resolution in, in April. Can I still do that? Can I make a New Year's resolution yes. to, to finish the book you this can. year? You so. can. It's,
1: it's, it's May, but you can make it. Excuse retroactive
0: me. Retroactive I'm like, see, see, I'm I'm so confused. I didn't even know what month it was. I couldn't even remember what no, month it's, it was. So no, I I have good news for you. It's still March 2020. You
1: can still keep yeah. that resolution.
0: That's a good point. That is a good point. Uh okay so uh continuing on the the writing train uh things that you've yeah. that you've written I uh you've sent it to me and I've seen it and you've written an adventure for second edition uh it's yes. it's Caverns and Covens correct
1: Is that the name That's correct Okay good yeah <laughs> it's released under it's released okay. under Lion's Brain Media, which is okay. my fancy, artsy way of saying me. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, if, if people want to go to Drive-Through RPG, search Lion, Lion's Brain Media, you'll find my dozen titles. And Caverns and Covens is... Yeah, uh, one of the more popular ones. Okay, and that's the one that that's the one that I have, and that's the one I've
0: I've perused through, and it looks really great. But I did want to uh, to have you have you share some about that, like kind of give us the the brief synopsis yeah. of it, the levels that the characters go yeah. through, and then um, and then. Uh, uh, also, is uh, is it a homebrew world that you're using the the second edition mechanics with? So, uh, so take it away, take it away. Tell us about
1: uh, caverns and coven's. Yeah. So, uh, if you if 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 you buy caverns and coven's, for a low low price of dot to dot. dot um, <laughs> you, there's several pieces to it. Um, there is there is the adventure proper. So the 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 adventure path, quote unquote. Um, I don't think Paizo has a trademark on Adventure Path, but I try to avoid saying that just in case. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's one of those indirect trademarks. Uh, but there's the, the official, you know, GM notes. Uh, there is a player's guide for it, which so I really liked. To, I think yeah. these are so, so helpful. <laughs> yeah, the player's guide it includes uh, some custom backgrounds. So in second edition, you have your ancestry, your background, and your class, and backgrounds are one of the ways you can kind of localize your story to say okay you are from this neighborhood okay and so you're trained in this skill and you get this feat and it's just kind of a way to go ahead and invest your character in the in the environment um it is a it is a homebrew world it's a it's a campaign setting that I'm kind of developing here and there uh but it's it's largely setting agnostic so if you're familiar with say galarian and you like the galarian deities and you and you like the culture and everything, you can probably find a couple of corners of Galarian where you could just paste this in, and it's not really going to it's it's not gonna break the story. Like, you know, like 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 you 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 need you need a deity who opposes undead, mm-hmm. and you need a deity who protects travelers. And I think okay. you can find those if you if you look pretty closely. Yeah. <laughs> um But there is there is also um, the the adventure proper goes levels two through eleven. Okay, but there is a first level, uh, 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 prologue adventure. It's optional. It doesn't the the story does not depend on you starting at level one. I started it at level two because when I was building out the encounters, I wanted to have at the beginning. They were they were coming in really deadly for first level play. and okay. so why don't you just start at second level? Yeah, because you know, p- people are sometimes afraid of first level because it's very easy. It feels very easy to drop a character. Yeah. Uh, so why said, why don't, why don't you just start at second level? Because it's it's an arbitrary metric. Well, anyway. I also
0: I also feel like too with first level, it's kind of it's kind of like a blink and you'll miss it level because it, you level up so quickly yeah, exactly. it feels like and uh, exactly. because because and so, there's not a lot you can do. You're very confined. first level so yeah exactly (laughs) exactly
1: so there there is a there is a prologue adventure that's optional for first level and that's actually available for free separate okay so if anybody wants a sample of what my writing is like and my organization and how i structure an adventure uh ruins of pine guard is the prologue adventure uh it's it's basically a fetch quest uh you're you're asked by a a kindly old professor to go fetch his missing lab equipment and things go wrong, yeah, as they do, you know. And it's <laughs> like, and if and if if your players get to the end of that, and you're like, eh, I don't like this Brian Lane's writing, eh, I don't like the way he he formats his stat blocks or something. I mean, <laughs> I'm formatting the same way Paizo does, but you know, I don't like the way he he uses the substance center. You can just walk away and say, okay, that was a fun little adventure. Let's go do something else. Um, but if you like it, you know, then Catherine's and Caverns is there. Um, I also have it available as a bundle with a uh, with a mini bestiary that focuses on hags spoiler alert caverns and covens yeah. has a lot of hags in it yeah in case um, you didn't so like, catch that listener yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, it, ha- it has some supplemental material if you wanted to throw in some extra monsters it also has some of that so anyway the basic idea of this adventure is that um, your party gets sent on this. Uh, on this mission, I won't give the details of it, but let's let's uh, let's imagine it takes you to some caverns. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Maybe. Um, and and uh, your your party discovers. Uh, I I I don't think this is too much of a spoiler because it's it's a major driving force of the of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, your party uncovers this uh, intelligent item um, at a rather early level. Like usually, you know, intelligent items are high level, and this yeah. is like mm-hmm. a, I think it's a third level intelligent item who starts talking to you and says, can you please take me out of here? Well, it turns out that someone very powerful is looking for this intelligent item and believes that it belongs to them and starts kind of harrowing your party to get it back. Um, and basically you, you you make your way back up to the surface and you find out that this, this force is tearing the city apart looking for this intelligent item and you've got to go take care of it and on the one hand it's like well should we just drop the intelligent item into the bottom of the ocean well it's an intelligent (laughs) item it's it's basically a person is that really okay so there's there's a little bit of ethical quandary to it you know um but but basically it takes you to 11th level um there's six chapters to it so if you want to think of it like an ap you've got six volumes Okay. Um, I, I took a little bit different approach than a lot of APs have. The way it seems like a lot of APs is written is that the six volumes are more or less independent in the sense of you can go from part one to part two and it's, it's almost like the story resets and you just have a new hook to go into, Okay. Um, d- depending on the AP, depending on the AP. But I right. really wanted something that was kind of fully integrated where you meet somebody in chapter one mm-hmm. and you need them to do a favor for you in chapter five very cool or you or you meet somebody in chapter one and they turn out to be part of the anti-party in chapter five because another thing i want to include was an Mm anti-party like i wanted a group of npcs that are trying to flummox you and if you look closely they are actually a fighter cleric rogue and wizard (laughs) (laughs) and so there's literally an (laughs) anti-party out there that you have a showdown with at one point yeah um Another thing I wanted to do, I wanted to use um, a subsystem in each chapter. So the the second edition Game Mastery Guide is a is an indispensable resource for anybody either running your own game or you just want to you just want to you know incorporate you know something new into an AP or if you're looking to write an adventure this this book is indispensable because it has these victory point subsystems where it's like okay you want to um impress the nobility at a gala to get information out of them or to coax them into doing favors you want the influence subsystem and there's a set of rules and a set of activities and and it incorporates like all the possible approaches that your characters might take and it's all nice and neat in a few pages and so that's also where the chase mechanics are it's also where uh, like building up your faction is located you know all this all this stuff that is not combat that you want to be able to use your skills in order to do. And so I just, basically each chapter, I chose a different subsystem to use. And so it it has the beginning of each chapter. This chapter uses the infiltration subsystem. Here are the victory point thresholds.
0: Here are the problems
1: and the complications that can arise. And so it's like, so there is the kind of traditional, you know, combat after combat, Mm -hmm. but there's also this overriding story of, okay, you are trying to infiltrate this coven they have noticed you because you have failed this many stealth checks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like yeah, um, and and so that it, it it kind of it it kind of adds some mechanics to the overall narrative, so yeah. that it's not just you know what it's not just a series of encounters. Basically. To me,
0: to me, uh, it sounds yeah. like a really great adventure for for uh, maybe a first time group or a group that's not really sure yeah. exactly what what style of play they like. And so each chapter kind of yes. gives them a taste of different mechanics that they might they might like more than others and then they can expand on that further in in other games that they decide to run, which is
1: really cool to me. <clears throat> Yes, and and, uh, and and that was another thing I kept in mind was you know this is a new system. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are trying it out for the first time, and so it is written to kind of train you in the game early on. You know, there you know it doesn't open with combat; it opens with some skill challenges, and so you you what? get used to no, I'm just joking. To, <laughs> yeah, I know you get used to the process of you know success crit success failure crit failure. You yeah. know, and. Um, you know, it lets you have some fun before things go horribly wrong, you know? That's really um,
0: cool. That's really cool. And uh, I especially uh, like how thinking, you made, yeah. uh, the prologue adventure too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause, uh, cause like, like you said, it's, it's free for people. They can pick it up. They can see if they, if it interests them and then, and then drop the money on, on the, the full adventure. Um, but at the same time, uh, uh allowing them to play that first level, uh, if they want to, and then uh, and then get into your world as
1: well, which is really great. Yeah, yeah. Which which I should also put out the plug. If anybody out there is wanting to start an actual play podcast, and you're tired of hearing all of these Age of Ashes Extinction Curse podcasts, you are welcome to try out. Caverns and covens. I can even send you a copy if you are interested. I'll just put out that plug there.
0: <laughs>
1: you hear that, people?
0: <laughs> Make your podcast already. It's 2021. What are you that, doing? That,
1: <laughs> that that would that would be an interesting experience to hear your adventure played through by total strangers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> It'd be pretty surreal, I could imagine.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, then, and then and then seeing what uh, sounds like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then seeing uh how they they handle things too. Um, yeah, because, yeah. because something that's interesting to me is you can have you can have two groups and they can have two completely different experiences with the same campaign., yes. which is, is such yes. which goes back to what we talked about in the beginning about that open-endedness mm-hmm. and leaving yes. leaving so much up to the, the characters and the players. Um, which is really great. Did you Did you write an ending for Camerons and Coven's? <laughs>
1: um, I did I write an ending. I I wrote a hook for a sequel. Oh, which I kind of okay. need. Which I kind of need to get off my butt and write the sequel because okay. I kind of have like two pages on the sequel so far. Um, is it gonna also, is it gonna continue I, from eleventh level and go go yeah, further would, higher? It would, yeah, it would start eleventh level. It's okay. basically it's it's not a sequel in the sense that it picks up where the last one left off. It's a sequel yeah. in the sense of. Okay, you fought this bad guy, but did you know this bad guy was just the tip of the iceberg for this larger, plane-spanning issue that's going uh, on? And yeah. so it, it would, it would kind of—it's it, an optional sequel. Like somebody could pick it up and just say, okay, I'm, I'm not going to read the part where it talks about the the, the, the big bad from the previous one. Um, but I did, <laughs> yeah. I did take a, I did take a cue from Paizo's AP. I included a page on what happens if the PCs lose. Ooh! And so there's always this question of, well, what happens if the intelligent item falls in the bad guy's hands? Yeah, you know. And so then it's like, well, this is well, if if it happens in chapter four, then this is going to happen. If chapter chapter five, this is going to happen. If it happens in chapter six, I'm sorry. <laughs> you spent all that time only to lose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: um. We we talked about it briefly on Twitter, but I wanted to expand on it a little bit more. You told me that um. That writing adventures, especially in second edition, it's become a lot easier. Um, and so, for people listening that, yeah. that that maybe want to dip their toes in this in this uh, this pool of, of writing third party supplemental material for uh, for second edition, uh, what's that like?
1: Yeah, so, uh, and I'll expand this beyond adventures to also talk about player options because okay. I've also been dabbling in writing some you know, some shorter form player options. Um, I, I find archetypes are especially easy to write because you don't need the entire class chassis, but uh, I can get into that later. Um, so writing for second edition I find is a lot easier for one because there's a huge demand for it because a lot of people have been eager to switch and try out this new system and take advantage of all the flexibility it offers but they're kind of hungry for more and Mm -hmm. people's hunger is growing at a rate faster than Paizo is publishing. Okay. (laughs) And so it's actually a really great time to just say, you know what, I have an idea for a couple of feats or an idea for a couple of spells or a few items. Let me put those together in a 10 page book, put it up for $2. Mm -hmm. And Oh, look, you know, three people bought it. I -hmm. made $6. Wonderful. But you know, it's, it's, it's the pat on the back. That's really nice. Yeah. Um, my, I mean, my my goal is to make enough money off of drive-through to pay for our Pathfinder materials that we buy so that my hobby <laughs> pays for itself. hey, it's um, a, it's a noble I, goal.
0: It's a noble goal. You're just looking out for the rest a noble of the group. Goal. yeah,
1: so <laughs> it's it's a vicious cycle. It um, is. so so on the one hand it's, on the one hand, it's easy to do because it's 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 immediately rewarding because people are hungry for it. Yeah, you know? um, it's also easy to do because of the because of the modular design approach that Paizo has taken, where, you know, everything is a la carte and, you know, your your ancestry has, has very little that is actually universal and has a lot of options under it. It means you can make an ancestry that's basically a hodgepodge of either feats that already exist or just variations on those or extensions of those and maybe a few original things. I mean, you, you can put together an ancestry really easily. Same thing with archetypes. You say, you know what? I want to build somebody... Who is really good at climbing? Or, or I recently made and I this is one I haven't published yet, I recently made a burglar archetype, and okay. one of the things you get as a burglar is that you can open a door and walk through it as a single action. <gasps> no, you're, you're good at breaking and entering. I know game breaking, <laughs> isn't it?
0: You just, you just blew the door wide open on combat. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's it's, it's it's
1: a little bit of a meta
0: joke, etc. <laughs> <But look, laughs> But because like, I mean, the worst okay, enemy cool. the worst enemy in any combat in the is door. the door is it's the freaking door so yeah i was thinking of y'all when i wrote that <laughs> <laughs> so i
1: it's, have, like, it's like, okay so here's a cool i've got to tell the group like, here's a cool about that one <laughs> yeah it's like here's a cool little mechanic And okay, what can I build around that? Okay, if you're really good at barging through a door, maybe you're also really good at listening through doors. Okay, you get a plus two circumstance bonus on listening through doors. Like, okay, oh wow, you know, you're 10% better at a thing that yeah, you do all the time, but is it really gonna break the game? No, not really. Yeah. and 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 I think that's another thing is it's also really to design for because it's like, you know, we're always there, well, is this option gonna break the game? Well, it's easy to benchmark because you just you look at the feats that that are at a comparable level mm-hmm. and you say, Am I making am I making another feat useless? Or am I giving them a twentieth level feat at second level? Yeah. And so and so it's it's really easy to kind of eyeball the reasonability and the playability of it, you know, like um and 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 then coming into coming in from the side of the adventures, mm-hmm. um, you know, writing an adventure is a lot easier because the the way you can structure an encounter is very fluid and very okay. like it's 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 very process oriented. It's not there there's not a lot of guesswork to it. You know, you have these five categories of the um, challenge level of an encounter from low up to extreme, mm-hmm. or excuse me, from trivial up to extreme. You want to have basically one extreme in the entire adventure. Okay. Because extreme is is nearly guaranteed TPK if they're not prepared. Okay. And trivial and trivial is we just got our new powers and we need to blow something up. You know. <laughs> okay. And so most of your time most of your time is spent on the middle three low moderate and severe and severe okay. is usually your end of chapter boss. Okay. Know? Or your end of level boss I guess. Um. And so like like on the one hand you have your story that you have some idea of, but you're never quite, you never quite get fleshed out in your head. You know, you, you always have some section of the adventure where you're like, uh, and then I guess they walk a lot and end up at this mountain. Okay. <laughs> what happens to them when they're walking? Well, that's where the encounter design comes in. Cause it's like, okay, I have, let's say I've, I've planned out most of my encounters for a level and I have 300 XP that's missing. Okay, Okay, well, I can just go and divvy that up among the different levels of encounters and then just say, okay, what kind of creatures can I find? Well, I've got this many at level three, this many at level four, and this many at level two. Oh, hey, it makes sense for these two to be a pair and for there to be a flock of this thing along the way. And so it's like you kind of half approach it from the story and half approach it from the mechanics. And they both kind of combine to give you an actually compelling narrative that you could not have come up with just from one side, okay. you know, um, it, it, and, and it's, it's, it's really neat in the sense of, um, like, like, like you have the combat encounters and then you have, um, it's, it's a lot easier to structure, you know, social encounters or skill mm-hmm. challenges or these victory point subsystems. And those are, those are baked in as being comparable to the combat. You know, I think, uh, I, I think a lot of times maybe in first edition, more, you know, we we have this really good idea of what combat looked like, but then social encounters, it was like, eh, I guess roll me diplomacy again, (laughs) question mark. You know, unless the AP specifically (laughs) says, you need to say this to the person you need to succeed at this series of checks. You know, in in second edition, everything is scaled the same. And so, you know, and so a plus 10 on diplomacy is scaled the same as a plus 10 to attack and a plus 10 to stealth and so oh. when you come up and so when you come up with a dc20 you can apply that dc to multiple types of roles mm-hmm. even across you know different columns on the character sheet oh, wow and and you can know that it's comparable for people at that level yeah you know that's something and, i do so yeah.
0: often even on, like on the show i'm just like
1: um, yeah. yeah this number sounds right i'm just gonna go with this yeah yeah well and <laughs> and like like like, the, the, the page that's figuratively worn out in my core rulebook is page 503, where it has the uh, it has the table of DCs. And oh. it's like, here's the character's level, and here's the DC they should, on average, be able to meet if they're investing oh in that thing. Oh, my gosh. And so, so literally, I mean, that one page is your GM screen. And so you just go to that page, you look up the DC. And you say should this be harder? Okay, increase it by 2. Should this be really easy? Okay, decrease it by 5. And so when writing an adventure, you just say, you know, the PCs need to succeed at a DC, what's their level Eight. Okay, what's the DC? Okay, it's like 25 or something. Okay, they need to succeed at a DC 25. What skill checks do they have? I'll just list three. And you just pick three skills, oh, throw cool. it in, move along, you know. That's really great.
0: That's really awesome. Yeah. I because it like and yeah, and, I, and the way you described it just makes it it makes it sound like like a like homebrewing stuff. It makes it more approachable because one yes. of the hardest things yes. I deal with when when making up uh, like homebrew situations for the show is Ooh. I can never tell. Even given the, even given the challenge rating, or plugging in the number yeah. of opponents, the number of players into like a like a challenge yeah. rating calculator, it'll give me a it'll give me a value. Yeah. But but I can take that value and I can go run with it, and then they could be done in two rounds. When I when I'm thinking yeah. initially, yeah. it's going to be really difficult. I might kill someone, or this is going to go ten rounds. And then they go; they just blow through it because because I can never tell yeah. exactly how difficult something's going to be in in first edition. Yeah. That's not to, that's not to like rag on first edition because first edition no, does some really incredible things, but it is uh, one of the most it, challenging things of first
1: edition. It, it, and it is a known issue, and yeah. it's one of the central principles that they designed second edition around. around was we want GMs to be able to say this should be easy, moderate, difficult. How do we do that? Okay, everything is scaling the same in terms of, you know, in terms of your proficiency, your level, et cetera, et cetera. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: That is really cool. That's really awesome. We we got to play second edition one time. We had that, that two-parter uh-huh. episode. We never even finished the story with it. <laughs> but I did enjoy it. It was very different. And the one thing I heard from people is – Yes, they're written by the same company. They're the same, uh, they have the same name, but they're two completely different games. And comparing one to the other doesn't
1: do either system justice. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So one, one question that comes up a lot on the 2E subreddit is how do I convert this monster from first edition to second edition? And the comments are always, you can't convert directly like there's not a formula yeah for do this to its ac do this to its saves etc what you do is you look at it and you say what is the creature good at what is the creature bad at what are the creature's abilities and then you go to the character design rules so we, we haven't talked about character design too much um but character design is kind of the same way it's you just look at it and you say what should this creature be good at okay mm-hmm. this creature should be really good at grappling okay here is the number to make them good at a skill any skill Put that in their athletic score. Okay, great. What should they be bad at? Well, they're they, this creature is really big and bulky and clumsy. They should have a poor reflex save. Okay, here's the saves table. Look at the look at the poor column. Put in this number. You know, and that's okay. like at the end, if you really if you really feel like a number is off, you can adjust it by one or two. But the idea is to just get in the right ballpark. And and one of the things that they that they acknowledge a lot, um, in the in the stuff for GMs is. Your creature is going to last on average three rounds. Okay. Like, like that, that. Another big difference between one e and two e is that second edition the combats tend to go about the same length. Like they're usually going okay. three, maybe four rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in, in in my first edition games, I mean, we had like ten round yes. combats yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Just, just because it's like you know, well, I'm trying to sneak. Oh no, I failed my sneak. Well, I failed my stealth. I don't want to do anything else. Yeah. And, oh, oh, the monster missed. It's like you have these rounds where nothing happens. Yes. Um, in second. It's the the math is a little bit tighter, and so like it's more likely that you're going to score at least a hit at some point in those first three rounds, and it all kind of adds up enough to to, to end the combat there. And so part of the creature design advice is remember your creature is only going to be on the table for about three rounds. You do not need to spend thirty hours designing the, a creature that's just going to get killed yeah. in about half an hour of play. You that's know? really cool. It's or like, designing it's, an it's,
0: encounter too, and like a, a, a any encounter. Don't exactly. spend the whole night. Yeah, well,
1: and, and, on that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um and so and so yeah, so so designing creatures is really easy. So getting back to adventure writing, one of the things you want to do for an adventure is design your own creatures, right? So it's not just a smorgasbord from the bestiaries. Um yeah. <laughs> and so designing creatures is 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 really straightforward and giving them abilities is really straightforward. And so it's it's really easy to even tie your story into the creature and you're like, you know, this um this Pegasus was abandoned as a child. And so they, um, they immediately, uh, 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 charge at any group that is, you know, that is displaying, uh, you know, camaraderie or affection or something like that. And it's like, okay, well, how would I do that? Well, okay. Maybe if the, if one party member heals another, the Pegasus gets a, a an attempt to counteract the heal spell.
0: Okay. You know?
1: And it's like, okay, well, oh, I and I can break that down into mechanics, right? Because, mm-hmm. okay, what should the Pegasus's, uh counteract modifier be? What should be the effect? Should it be cutting the healing in half? Should it be overriding it, et cetera? Oh, I could turn that into a success versus a crit success. And it's like you can immediately, like, take your story and within a few minutes, get down to some mechanics, which is really cool.
0: It sounds really awesome. I definitely would love to give 2nd Edition another shot. I know 1st Edition takes up yeah. all of my time right now, so it's kind of yeah, hard yeah. to to make that it is, transition.
1: But It is difficult, and it's difficult to run both at the same time. Yeah. So... You you kind of wait for like your your one e games to come to a lull and you say okay for from for for the next few months I'm gonna try a two adventure or something. yeah
0: I've even noticed that with Pathfinder and Starfinder uh because I'll be playing yes. I'll be playing either setting and I'll go I'll go how do we do this again I know because like like yeah. like I so I've got a group online and then I play with the podcast and sometimes. I do one before the other, and so if I've got Starfinder on the brain, mm-hmm. then I'll go. Okay, I can yeah. remember how we do it in Starfinder. How do we do it in Pathfinder? Is it similar? Is it different? Yeah. So I can absolutely see that.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is that is a an emergent running gag on the podcasts I listen to. They so, keep... so many people are like, oh, let's try this game. Oh, let's try this game, and then they like it just fries the brain. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> well
0: uh thank you so much for joining me i have had i just have had a lot of fun tonight this has been a really a really nice treat for me i've been wanting to do this for a really long time um uh, get you on the show and uh and 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 pick your brain about different things and just have a nice conversation with you so uh so i i'm glad i was finally able to figure out how to how to do these as well, and have have more people on. Yeah. But uh, but like I said, I've been looking forward to this for a long time since we scheduled it. Every day, countdown down <laughs> the days to to the interview with 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 uh, Doctor Brian Lane. So. Uh, uh, before we before we wrap up, I wanted to give you uh, a second to uh, just just plug everything once again. where can people find you yeah on on like social media and then uh, and then once again just say where they can find the novel as well as your published uh, yeah. stuff. yeah like your adventures and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Okay. Let me, and I should mention, I am working on another adventure, not the sequel to Caverns and Covens. I'm working on one called, uh, Fins and Fathoms. Okay. Uh, which is going to be an ocean adventure. And I'm pretty excited about it. I've got the thing outlined. I've got uh, I've got a good chunk of the text written. I, I've got a lot of placeholders I need to go back and do, but I, I'm I'm thinking this is going to be a fun adventure. I'm looking forward to it. How awesome. Okay. Anyway, okay. so where can people? Yeah. <laughs> so where can people find me? If people want to see me geek out on Pathfinder stuff, uh, you can find me on Twitter at w brian lane. Um, if anybody is interested in my physics content, I do have a physics YouTube channel called Let's Code Physics, uh, where we explore the intersection of programming and physics, which is actually a really big deal uh and if you want to hear me talk about that you can go over to the physics alive podcast i talked about that uh, okay. a few months ago um <laughs> uh, i'm also on twitter at let's code physics uh again if you're interested in the physics side of that um uh my pathfinder materials are available on uh on drive through rpg.com uh, lion's brain media you can just search for that my store page should come up uh, the novel is available on Amazon. Just search "Pathways of the Receivers." You might need to put in Brian Lane. Uh, it should come up there. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, and a thing coming up. Uh, I don't know when my next thing on drive-through will be available, but I—I I was a finalist in the recent. Um, uh, RPG Superstar. I blanked on the name for okay. a second there. Uh, I, I was a finalist in the recent RPG Superstar competition uh, where there were 100 monsters featured. I was honored to have all three of my monsters featured as finalists. Um, so thank you to anybody who who, who voted on those. Um, but all 100 of those monsters are, as I understand it, uh, going to be featured in Roll for Combat's uh, Battle Zoo Bestiary that is coming out sometime this year i don't know what the date is um i i do know that we got a message in discord earlier today about the ordering of the monsters and the pagination and stuff like that so i assume if they are at the layout stage like that that it's nearing finalization i don't know cool Uh, but but anyway (laughs) i will have three monsters in there uh maybe after that comes out you know we can get back together i can talk about those and you know how, how we design those and everything um but anyway that'll be coming up soon keep an eye out for that for sure, uh, uh, and okay. definitely,
0: definitely when that when that starts getting closer, uh, put that on Twitter. And if you are interested in seeing that, be sure yeah. to follow Brian on on Twitter so that you can get updates uh, if that yeah. interests you. Um, yeah. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you so much for for being on the on the show. Um, and I'll, I will make sure to to uh, put all the links and everything in the description of the of the episode. Um, and so. You can you can get to things from there as well, um, but yeah, thank you so much again. This has been a real treat. So, <laughs> and thank you everybody so much for listening. Hope you have a wonderful evening, and we will see you in the next one. Come with me, and you'll see all the junk we stash behind the curtain. There is no word I know. In this world that rhymes with curtain,
1: I'm fairly certain...